Hello, hello, and welcome to another fun and exciting episode of Decaf with your favorite hosts, Mark and Taylor. Back with you again. Mark, are you wearing a jazz shirt today? You'll be proud of me. I am. I, okay, well, I didn't watch any, are the Jazz playing in the playoffs right now? This is a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they didn't make the playoffs. They came, okay. they came, they almost made the play-in tournament. It was a successful year, but they did not make the playoffs, no. Okay, well, last night I did watch the second half of the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. Did I get those names correct? I did watch You that. did. Now, I was also playing solitaire on my phone while watching. I say watch, I was being supportive. It's my fella who's a Lakers fan, but I played solitaire on my phone and sat there during the game. And that's a big I thing didn't, for I me. didn't know I didn't know he was a Lakers fan. Well, you know, he was born in California. He spent his childhood years in California. His whole family's California and they moved here. Not with the rest that's of the California really, migrants. But earlier. Really problematic. That's very problematic in my eyes. I don't know how somebody and I know that like you love these teams and it's great, but at some point if LeBron James ever came to the Jazz, I would not cheer for them. He is such yeah. that would make me not cheer for them legitimately. There's very few players like that. It might just be LeBron, honestly. But if he came there, he is such a such a moron it's, and just says the dumbest things. He's great. I mean, I'm not taking away anything from how great he is, but I could not cheer for a team with him on it. Listen, I actually said that not last night, but a few games ago when I was being so supportive. I'm just so supportive. I've turned over a new leaf. But I said, is LeBron James not the scariest human you've ever seen? Because to me, he just always looks so angry. And then he says dumb things. And I'm like, what is this man capable of? He just, he scares me. I don't like him and don't like watching him. Well, I think the angry thing is probably a good thing. It means he plays with passion. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's hard when you watch him play. You're like, man, this guy's great. And like, I also don't like Steph Curry. So it's actually two of the players I hate the most in that series. And the Warriors have always cheered against. They're not. I, they're kind of my the team I hate. So like, I don't. I the only thing I want is for none of those teams to advance. I know it's possible. I know mm-hmm. it's impossible. But I dislike both those teams. I, I haven't even watched a game of that series because I I just don't care. And I hope both teams lose. Well, that's okay. So you gave me a hard time when the football playoffs, the NCAA football playoffs came around last year because I was like, I want all four teams to lose. But like, sometimes you just can't cheer for anybody. I am being supportive. I have no dog in this fight. I have my jazz jersey that you gave me. I am (laughs) a jazz fan by default. Um, but because of you and you, you were the first person that got me. Colin in, Sexton too. Well, I will say you're the first person that got me into wa- even caring about the NBA. I've never watched NBA. I am a major league baseball and college football fan. And so I'm, I'm trying, but yeah, I played solitaire on my phone the whole time. And I think the Lakers <laughs> lost last night. So I wasn't really paying that close attention. I was eating pizza and playing solitaire. So that's. <laughs> how, is, how is Blake watching it? Does he get like, cause I mean, I feel like there's, you know, People are different ways. I'm actually very calm, but some people yell at the TV. Mm-hmm. Some people just like, are. what is his style when they're not doing well? He's very stoic. So the only time I've ever seen him like get <laughs> riled up was around the Titans when like toward the end of the season last year with the Titans. He does not get riled up. We actually turned on the game. <laughs> he told me like we can watch Survivor because the game is so long. We watched the entire episode of Survivor and then went back and watched the second half of the game because those games are so long, especially when they're being played in California. It's actually the most insane thing. So he does not get riled up. He watches very calmly, very peacefully, doesn't say a word, doesn't even tell me to get off my phone. Honestly, it's an ideal setup for me. I'll take it. 
Yeah, I'm actually weirdly kind of the same. Although I'm like, you could tell with my facial expressions more. Oh, you can tell with his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind. I'll kind of say things like, "Oh no, yeah, like it's better to miss layups." That's that's a great thing. More like sarcasm. Like I don't. I've never been a yelling person for whatever reason. It's like when I'm so mad, I just will look there, be angry, and not talk for twenty minutes. That's kind of the way I deal with it. The two of y'all would be very quiet sports watchers together. And he does this thing when he gets upset where he like pushes his hand through his hair. So I can tell it's like a very easy tell that he's not having such a good time watching the game when he does his like hand through his hair. But that's <laughs> that's the only way that I can tell that he's like not a fan of what's going on. But y'all would Well, next year when the Jazz and Lakers play in the playoffs, hopefully the Jazz move on, we can we can watch together and just be completely quiet for the whole game. Yeah, you two sit completely quietly <laughs> and Kira and I will sit outside and drink wine. And honestly, that's that's the kind of vibe that I desire with the NBA. Um hey Mark, we had a great week this week. We had a massive legal win this week. And listen, okay, I'm just going to put the disclaimer out there because we've said it a million times. Mark and I are not attorneys. We're actually very (laughs) far from it. I know nothing about legal things. I can name the Supreme Court justices, but that's about it. However, we know that a win is a win. And we also know that when governments do dumb things and put forth laws that are not constitutional— We know that we have the capability to challenge them as the Beacon Center, and we're very lucky to be affiliated with a group that can challenge them. And that's what we did. Several years ago, Nashville decided that they wanted to build some sidewalks. They also decided that they wanted to spend money that they could have built sidewalks with on a myriad of other things that were not sidewalks. And so they started making people pay for their own sidewalks. Okay, just so you know, you can't do that. And so we decided to challenge it. And as of yesterday, we've got two cases going on with sidewalks. As of yesterday, one of our cases has been won. The It was a federal court, wasn't it? Sixth Circuit federal court sided with the property owners and saying, hey, Nashville, you can't do this. Mark, you know a little bit more about the technicalities okay. of the case. So let's hear it. What happened? Not that much more, but so I do know that we won an appeal. So it's not like finalized yet, but sure. basically the Sixth Circuit court said as is, Basically, what they're doing seems to be unconstitutional. They can challenge it. So we don't know how it's going to end, but it was a huge win. Okay. It was a huge win for private property. And basically, from what I understand, again, from talking to lawyers, <laughs> um, is that you know you can't just take away, you can't just say, oh, we're going to uh, like avoid the Constitution in terms of property rights because we passed something through the legislature. That Good is morning. not how that works. And in, and in this case, the city council. Um so essentially, they passed this law because they couldn't afford. They wanted sidewalks, which fine, and they couldn't afford to build them because they don't spend their money well at all. So they were trying to force individuals who may not even wanted sidewalks to build them in front of their property. Um, turns out, it looks like it's not constitutional. Um, the, the yeah, the Metro Council uh, again looks pretty bad. They continue to pass laws that are clearly unconstitutional, that they're warned are unconstitutional, yet they keep doing it. Um, and the excuse was, oh, our, our Metro Legal said it was good, despite the fact that Metro Legal seems to um, have an issue. I think you have, you have a good number, but have issues uh, defending cases on their own. Well, what is our, the number? Our buddy, <laughs> our buddy Daniel Horowitz, who is a lawyer here in town and follows a lot of these things with us, he tweeted out last night that in cases that Metro Legal fights on its own, it has won 0% of them. So I don't know. He also was tweeting about how like Metro legal is like the biggest waste of money, which I just thought was funny and people were kind of getting at him and he was getting at him right back. And I just, I I don't know all the ins and outs of, of all of that, but I do love to see when someone 
calls out the government for wasting money and doing something unconstitutional and they get busted for it. They get totally caught every time. Well, not every time, hopefully every time. We like to be the ones that catch them when they do things that are unconstitutional because it's fun for us to like revel in that. But um, yeah, it's it's not looking so good for Metro that A, they passed a law to begin with and they were like, well, Metro Legal said it was okay. Like, bro, are you really going to trust Metro Legal? Because I, for one, would not. It seems like at this at this point, instead of asking Metro Legal, maybe just flip a coin so you have a better chance of being correct. Whether is this constitutional or not, and just kind of flip the coin and see what happens. That's savage, but honestly, it would save a lot of money. <laughs> like you have, you're spending like a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they only they they don't, and they only lose fifty percent of their cases. Not 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 right. all of them. Maybe not all of them. The, the odds are better in their favor if they do that. Well, we're really That's thankful right. for our partners at the Southeast Legal Foundation. Um, the attorneys on our staff, the people who let us represent them in court. We have a statement about it on our website with the faces of those that we represented. Um, go check it out. Read about it. Holler at us on Facebook. And as always, listen, like we're here to serve. So if there's something going on in your backyard, on your property, in your area that you're like, I don't quite think this passes the smell test as far as constitutionality, hit me up. <laughs> Send me an email. <laughs> like, what do you? What was I'm, that I'm, little chortle for? I'm glad that you added in with constitutionality. I don't want people like saying, "Oh, something smells in my yard." Come out and do it. So I'm glad. I'm glad that you added that that yeah. addendum to it. I am not the person to clean up messes. I am the person to connect you with someone to clean up a legal mess, not a physical mess. That's not my thing. Um, call someone else for that. But yeah, if something doesn't feel quite right or you think your rights are being violated let us know i mean i've talked to so many people with the sidewalks thing one person that i talked to said that they were going to be out they were they were revamping a commercial space and said that they were going to be out like seventy-seven thousand dollars because of this sidewalk law like that's so much money and it's actually ridiculous that they would have to pay that so um it'll be interesting to see what the implications of this are how they deal with this because so many people have already paid this um and, and how the case plays out on, on the, throughout the rest of its journey through the court system, because, you know, things are rarely ever over when they, when we think they're over as, as for when it comes to the courts, but this was a huge win for property owners. I mean, I feel like there've been a lot of property rights victories in the last little bit, as far as when it comes to Metro Nashville and other metros with the pending <laughs> ordinance doctrine and now the sidewalk thing, uh, property owners are winning. And I think that's what the constitution provided for years and years ago when it was set in place so congratulations to our legal teams congratulations to the plaintiffs coffee toast this morning at 9 a.m it was a great victory um <laughs> so i have as everyone if you've been listening knows i have really taken a significant break from social media so this morning when we were talking about what we wanted to talk about mark said did you know that trump did a town hall on cnn and i said absolutely not because I don't really look at social media unless it's Taylor Swift news, which we will talk about later. But I didn't follow it. But the moment I got on Twitter and searched Trump, oh boy, everybody else in the United States followed it. So they did. Yeah. So, Mark, you've been following this on Twitter. I know you didn't watch it. I don't even have cable. So it's it. not like I could watch CNN to see his town hall anyway. But apparently, from what I'm seeing on Twitter, and maybe it's just my algorithm, it seems like kind of. It kind of shut down the haters a little bit. I don't know, Mark. What are what were what did you see as takeaways from from this Trump town hall? Sure. Yeah, so I didn't watch it. Like I said, um, I'm kind of done with this whole thing. It's like I basically, you know, know where candidates stand on things. I know who, who they are. Um, okay. I don't need to keep seeing these. But 
Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that I noticed. I think the first thing was, uh, I think I give credit to Chris Licht. He's the new head of CNN uh, because he really kind of put his money where his mouth is by having Trump Town Hall on. I mean, he got a lot of hate from the left for having that. But look, I mean, just outside of whatever you feel about him, he is a former president. He's going to be, you know, a 50-50 shot of being the next president, probably, if mm-hmm. he were to win the primary. So, I mean, he's a, a huge figure in American politics right now. And to not do that would almost be saying that you're not a real news organization to not do that. So mm-hmm. I give him credit for that. Um, what it seems like, and this is interesting. So from what I've read, I've read a lot about it, but it was a Republican town hall. So everyone there were kind of independent, leaning right or just Republicans doing that. But it was a weird set of questions. Caitlin Collins asked the questions, but it was a weird set of questions where they asked about things that liberals cared about that Republicans really probably don't care about as much. And they asked about, you know, um, January 6th. They asked about the 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 recent um, uh, ruling from New York. They asked about Alvin Bragg, all this stuff. And um, basically, they didn't ask the questions that Republicans cared about. And a lot of hmm. these things were like, so, of course, when you're asking those questions, the moment that Trump snaps back at the at the moderators, people were loving it because they're like, you're not asking any of the questions <laughs> that anything that matters to us. You know, we care about the economy. We care about, yeah, all these things. Um, so it was an interesting, interesting choice. For, again, I have not seen it. I, I, I did see that Trump, in my opinion, gave a really good answer on one specific question. Where oh, they yeah, asked him I saw he, that one, too. Yeah, they asked him if he wanted Ukraine to win the war with Russia. And he said, well, you know, I think your definition of winning and mine are different. I just want people to stop being killed. So he basically just wants it to end. And, and honestly, I feel like people are trying to put you in, in this box there. I thought that was a really strong answer. Uh-huh. Um, I would agree I mean, with of that. course, he called he called the moderator or whatever a nasty woman um, because she didn't like one of her questions, which, of course, is, is classic Trump. Um, but it's probably like my, my guess is that it, it's going to be a similar scenario where I think people who watch on the right were probably excited by him last night. People who watch on the left were probably more disgusted, just like they always are by him. Classic. And then the people in the middle are undecided. I guess that's that's you have to figure out, did they like that? Did they not like it? I mean, it's an interesting thing. And, you know, a recent poll, which the first one I've seen like that showed Trump up in a, in a matchup with Biden by seven, and it was a Washington mm. Post poll. Yeah. So that was kind of the first piece of good news. Um, and, you know, of course, Trump, brought out that poll as many times as he possibly could from what I see. <laughs> they asked him some question like, what do you say to people who who won't vote for you because of the verdict? He's like, oh, I just saw a poll. It doesn't look like many people aren't going to vote for me. I'm like, Jesus. It's like over and over. It's like if I were to say like, well I, well, I won the spelling bee in the third grade, Mark, so I'm a good copy editor. Like, let's just let's just not do that. The guy, the guy, say what you want about him because he doesn't necessarily stay on task, but he will make sure like the, the kind of the 101 you teach in comms is to make sure you repeat your message. He definitely <laughs> does that. There is no doubt that he repeats his message. So, but I, but I mean, outside of everything else, I think it's a good step for CNN to do that. I do too. I mean, I think it was a That's good what step. I, yeah. For, what's going to bring up was I, it's, it's a I big think it's deal. A good step for, yeah. It's a good step for Trump to accept it. I mean, obviously Trump has hammered them more than anybody. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, he's going on there kind of knowing it's probably not going to be, although Caitlin Collins, the, she's a CNN, you know, person. She actually used to work at the daily caller. So I don't know that she's super, I, that. I, I think she's certainly way more left than she was then, but I don't think she's like super far off, which is probably why he agreed to it despite. And then he called her whatever, terror, a, a bad woman or a nasty sure. woman or whatever during the debate. Sure. Um, but it was, I think it's good for both, you know, for both sides on that. I mean, a lot of people are complaining from the left and, you know, people are complaining on the right. Like, why are you on CNN? But, you know, I, I, outside of everyone's feelings about Trump, I think it's something that makes CNN look more legitimate 
and and you know some, a yeah. real news organization. And it's something that makes Trump look a little bit more open than he was last time. Where he's like, I'm not going to do interviews with anything like this because I know they're going to get me. So I think in that way, as one went, didn't watch it. I'm interested to hear other people's thoughts. But basically, Twitter said what I expected. The right loved it. The left hated it. Um, Where's there's the some middle? People who were kind of, and of course, you have some people who were going after it from the right who were kind of more DeSantis people who were sure. trying to find some of the flaws in there because that's probably going to be his primary opponent. Okay. Um, but overall, I think good good for America that that's happening. And in the same way that you have, you know, Fox News uh, having host, you know, uh, Mayor Pete and mm-hmm. you know, Joe Biden, things like that. I think it's good when you have these kind of ideological networks hosting people on the other side. Well, to me, it seems like these mainstream networks are finally listening because for the most part, like there are people on the far right and the far left. They're like, I will not watch MSNBC or CNN. I will not watch Fox News or Fox Business. They just won't do it. But a lot of us are pretty quiet. And we're just like, I'm just not going to watch anything because nobody is nobody's being fair to the people that they disagree with. So I'm just going to for me, I'm like, I'm just going to read the Wall Street Journal and call it a day. Like, I'm just not going to do it. And so I think, and I don't know, you know, Tucker Carlson came out with a video on Twitter the other night that had like 5 million views just like that, where he called out all news organizations. And he was like, if you're an anchor on this organization and you disagree, you're out. And so I don't know if that's going to create a sense of accountability. I don't know if accountability is coming from market research that they're doing, but I do think it's a big deal that these I, I hope it's from market research or just like at least listening. You don't think so? You think it's just it's from, money? It's from, it's from their bottom line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're losing viewers. CNN, CNN has faded into basically obscurity, and this is what they're trying to do, which I think is smart. I think it's Chris Lick is more of a businessman. They let go of you know the worst anchor they had, uh-huh. and they're they're doing. They're, I mean, they're trying to. They they see the market signals, and they're trying to fix it. They see people getting fed up with just the same old, same old. And so, I I mean, I remember as a child, my family watched CNN and CNN headline news because it wasn't, I mean, that was what we watched at night to learn the news before it became just editorializing over and over and over because it was actually news. Um, I hope it gets back to that before I bring children into the world because I don't want to have the TV on and then watch what's going on right now. It doesn't seem positive. So good first step for them. Hopefully it continues. Um, this week in dumb things that the California governor did, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wasting so much money to do absolutely nothing about it. Mark, you brought the story to my attention. What has Gavin Newsom done this time? Well, it's it's kind of the things that you talk about that that you know you hate most about the left, where they are clearly just trying to. <laughs> basically get people's votes and get people's support without actually doing anything. Exactly. So he he put together this whole task force on reparations. Basically, it's like, hey, we put all these people that are important. We want to decide, like, our reparations right for like basically he wants he okay. wanted to get a plan for them on on whether to do reparations you know and of course he wants to i'm assuming wants to raise approval ratings with minority citizens and you know especially if he's going to run for for president at some point right so they did this whole thing they came out with this i, I don't i mean you can have whatever opinion you want on reparations it was a bat s word crazy plan that was like that so nobody could ever money. afford so there's much money. one point up to 1.2 <laughs> million dollars for a black resident like that there's a lot of black residents in california that would they're already bankrupt that would bank like it would be impossible to do impossible um so whatever they come up with this recommendation and then after all of that which is 
this is just what a you know political person he is. Huh. Gavin Newsom says, well, you know, I don't think that you know slavery is so much deeper than money, so I don't think money's really going to fix it. So it's like if that's the case, which you obviously knew all along, because the this thing said the opposite. Why would you fund this reparations? You know, this months long, years long thing where you spend a bunch of tax dollars on this reparations, you know, panel, and then they come up with the response. You say, "Oh, we're not going to do money." It's like, what was the point of that? Then why, why you, are you're you pandering? Doing this? You're pandering to again, and it's also it's not even just pandering. It's kind of assuming it really is kind of a. It's assuming that people on the left or people who are African American aren't that smart saying, oh, I'm going to pretend like I care about you. And then I'm not going to do any of the things that they say on there. I just want you to like, I want you to know that I paid for this survey or this, whatever. I didn't know what it was a study. And it was, uh, it's just, it's classic Gavin Newsom trying to play both sides of the fence and trying to appeal to as many people as possible. But this catches up to people. Like everyone knows that you're not serious when you're saying, I'm going to fund this thing. And, and because I think it's important. Oh, here's your recommendation. No, no, we're not going to do anything close that. to that. Why yeah. even do it in the first place? And, and if you had these opinions about, look, slavery is so much deeper than reparations. We can't just, you know, use money to get rid of the problem. We need to do other things like, well, then why did you do this? Then why, why did, did you put you this panel this? together? Yeah. Yeah. You already know what you felt about it. You didn't care what this came up with. You just wanted to act like you were doing something, which is going to be like, you know, you wasted people's time and energy to do this panel. And now you're not going to follow anything what they say, which again, they shouldn't. It's an insane plan. Nobody can, like the, the, can't the state afford can't afford that. that much money. Even if, yeah, even if you're for that, that, that amount of money is insane, but it just shows what kind of a, you know, in lack of a better word, kind of a politician Gavin Newsom is. Oh. I'm not sure it's that good of one because I no. do feel like people can see through this. Californians, I think, are smarter than this. I, I mm -hmm. don't know. I mean, I see some of the things that they do, but um, I do think that they're smarter than this. And I think that this is going to end up being a political backfire by him. Well, when I say something like doesn't pass the smell test, this is one of those things that absolutely does not. I mean, this guy, like you said, spent a ton of money to do all this research and survey these people and get a bunch of recommendations and then said, okay, done, not going to do anything about it. That's something that I think is a classic political move when you're running for office, like you said, and it's disappointing and it's gross. And I hope that Californians call him out on it because it's just kind of gross that you would waste money doing that. I, I, I think that's icky. Um, we're short on It would have cost, by the way, eight, 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 800, I'm sorry, it would have cost $800 billion. That is so many dollars. Like, that's that's an actually insane amount of money. And, I mean, good that he's not doing it, but why would you even go through all the steps? It just, y'all know where we're getting at. He went through all the steps just to not do the plan, just to make it sound good. Y'all know where we're getting at. I don't think this passes the smell test for anybody. Thank God we don't live in California. I'll just say that. I I want to figure out how much it costs too to do this, to do the actual task force. Because it cost, I mean, this is not, he put a bunch of people, he took a lot of people's time up, he did all these things. And like, it, this cost a lot of money. <laughs> it, well, it cost people's time too. Imagine being a person on that task force and you're like, I gave up days at work, I gave up going places with my family, and oh, I, yeah, I had yeah. all these meetings, and now he's not going to do anything with it. I would feel like a pawn. Like, I just think and about the human aspect of it, of them feeling like a pawn. That's horrible. And listen to this, if that $800 billion price tag is correct, which is the assumption, that is over two times the entire state budget of California. <laughs> As it already struggles with debt. So it's double, double. What an insane plan. <laughs> that is 
so upsetting. I I can't even fathom that amount of money. But yeah, of course he's not going to do it. So why would you even put people through this in the first place? Makes absolutely yep. no sense. Um, before we go, I want to talk about the best day of my life, which was last Friday, <laughs> May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, where I experienced Taylor Swift for the first time ever in person in all her glory, singing through her heiress tour. I was soaking wet in my feathery and sequiny dress, but it was truly the best night of my life. My feet were hurting. I had to walk through downtown Nashville in socks to get home, but it was the best night of my life. Mark, I know you hate it. Let me hear it. Oh, I mean, I mean, you do whatever. I feel like you had the best night of your life almost every concert you go to, though. I feel like before it was Blink-182, <laughs> and it was like, like four Blink-182 shows in a row. Like, that one was the best night of your life. So it's the best night of your life until the next concert. <laughs> okay, well, this one truly was the best <laughs> night of my life, and I'll tell you why. It's because she is such a force. I love a night where it's, like, for the girlies. Like, all the girls came out to see Taylor Swift and we all sang at the top of our lungs every single song. She played three nights in a row, jamming out, screaming my head off to Taylor Swift. I have a cold today. Like I am legitimately sick from being so cold and so wet at this concert and I don't even care. It was the best night of my life. And I will talk about it forever and ever. And I know Mark, you hate Taylor Swift. You don't hate her. You just hate how much I love her. And I don't really care. It was truly the best side of my life. Mark, did you stay safely in your home away from downtown Nashville all weekend? I did. I was actually trying to think of the number that you would have to pay me to go there to that concert. And I, like, it would have to be probably over 10 grand for me to consider going. Oh. And not because not I hate it. Yes, yes. Because it not, and it's not because I hate Taylor Swift. It's like I hate the crowds. I hate all the people. The driving, the Uber be so expensive. Dealing with people like all next to you, and like you know, sixteen year old girls dancing all around me. Like I, it, it would cost a lot of money. It, it seems like a nightmare to me. But that's the good thing about the market. We all different opinions. Obviously, a lot of people were happy to be there. It was obviously a really good thing outside of any of my personal feelings about the concert. It was a really good thing for, for the city of Nashville and the surrounding communities because, you know, a lot of the hotels totally. were filled up. Local businesses did killer, did so much business. It was really a benefit for this area. Um, and, you know, it, it is also funny. We keep hearing that, you know, we, we had to have a, we have to build a new stadium to get these big acts. It seems like Taylor Swift's a pretty big act and it was somehow Nissan Stadium was was able to hold it. It's crazy, huh? I know it's crazy. They estimated two hundred and eight thousand people attended the Taylor Swift concert over the weekend between the three shows. Now I'm just glad I wasn't in the Sunday night show. My roommate was, and her show didn't start until eleven p.m. I could not have made it. I am asleep by eleven p.m. every <laughs> night. I sleep by like ten thirty every night, so I could not have made it to that. But my show was incredible, and I heard so people all the Swifties say like oh yeah, apparently Taylor and Jake Gyllenhaal went on a date to Frothy Monkey. And so I talked to a friend who went to Frothy Monkey in Franklin Sunday morning. And she was like, the line was literally out the door. They said it was the best weekend they have ever had for their bottom line because all the Swifties came in. The Frothy Monkey on 12 South had a line wrapped around the building. I mean, listen, call us crazy, but Swifties are dedicated. And we will do whatever it takes to be in the orbit of something that Taylor Swift has done. And so... It was good for the economy. Taylor Swift's good for the economy, and we love we love women who are good for the economy. But it to was be, truly to be like clear, the best you say side of my dedicate, life. You say dedicated, but you also mean dumb, because they went to all the wrong places that right. it wasn't even where Taylor Swift. So they just picked a random place. Like, they didn't know there's more than one frothy monkey. They had no idea the area. So, like, it wasn't smart. They just spent money hoping they would, like, see her at some point. Like, she, I don't know if she's ever been to Franklin. So, like, it, is, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's a, it doesn't seem like they did a good job doing that. They just spent money. 
Yeah, she wasn't even, it wasn't even Frothy Monkey that they went on a date to. It was Fido, mm. and I have photo proof of it. So, like, the Swifties are kind of dumb, but it was still, I mean, we're still dedicated. You know what I mean? So they're, ki- they're kind of like her. Like, they're dedicated, and they care a lot, but they're not super smart when it comes to the things that they do. Okay, that's fair. She's actually making a really unwise dating decision right now, and I feel for her, and I kind of just want to give her a hug. He was at the shows this weekend. It was terrible. I won't I, go into it. I saw that. Than that. But but it was it was really it's it's really dumb the decision that she's making. But you know we love her, we support her, and we know she's having a bit of a crisis right now, and that's okay because she's still performing like top tier performance. It really was. I will say this in all seriousness, outside of Swifty dumb, the production. <laughs> Uh, the production of this show was like nothing I've ever seen. I know Suzanne and Justin talk about when she came through on her red tour, our old office could see the stadium and it was just like all these tractor trailers bringing stuff in to the stadium or to Bridgestone, wherever she was at that time. This production, I've been to so many shows, so many music festivals, all these things. This show was like nothing I've ever seen before as, as for production. I've never, I, it was it was truly incredible. Good for Taylor Swift. I love her. Stephanie loves her. Everybody else hates her on our staff. And that's okay. Because that's, that's J- Jason America, likes baby. her too. Jason okay, likes Jason her. Jason likes her too. Jason likes her too. And Suzanne supports our decisions to be Swifties. So <laughs> if I could relive the weekend, I don't know if I would because my feet still hurt and I have a cold <laughs> and I'm really tired. But if I could go to that concert every single show for the rest of the tour and like not spend all the money that I have, I would still do it. It was it was incredible. So thanks for indulging me and letting me talk about it, Mark. Yep. It was glad you had fun. Glad that <clears throat> we got a lot of money into the local economy. That's always a good thing. Yes. See, wins all around. Well, once again, thanks for listening to Decaf. If you haven't already, subscribe to us. Listen to us every week. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center, Tennessee. Taylor and Mark signing off. Catch you next week.